You're listening to Meeting Pod, the podcast powered by Meeting Place, the premier magazine and news source for the meat and poultry processing industry, and Alt Meat Magazine, the only business information resource for the exploding alternative meat industry. Hi, I'm Lisa Keefe, editor in chief of Meeting Place and Alt Meat. Welcome to this month's Meeting Pod episode dedicated to the meat alternatives market. Judd Zussel is president of Corn Foods USA, the American arm of the British company whose mycoprotein products have been on the market since 1985. They're a favorite across Europe, but only recently have been easily available in the United States. Judd spent some time telling me about corn's plans for the American market, how mycoprotein is unique among alternative meats, and the excitement around the newly created International Fungi Trade Association. Tell me a little bit about your operations in the United States. What is located where? Why perhaps you located the Culinary Center in Dallas, for example, and the offices in Chicago, and what your plans are in the future? Perfect. Yeah. So overall, you know, Corn is a relatively new company in the United States. While we're a really well-known company in the UK, we've been around since 1985, mm-hmm. you know, selling mycoprotein and our products. You know, corn really started with its first employees here in 2015, 2016. So we're a relatively new company. It was based in Chicago and has always been from a headquarters standpoint. In the last you know, two years, we decided to build a culinary center to do more innovation based in the US because historically we were taking innovation from the UK, lifting it and launching it here. And, you know, taste profiles and product needs for the consumer are a little bit different in the UK versus the US. So what we decided to do was we decided to open a culinary center here, hire an executive chef. His name is Stephen Khalil. And, you know, he was an executive chef at Cheesecake Factory at PepsiCo US, very well known, very, very talented, you know, head chef. And he's running our US product development capabilities, you know, out of this culinary center. So this culinary center in Dallas that we opened about a year and a half ago allows us to bring large food service customers and retailers to the facility to co-develop, but also educate them about mycoprotein and why it's so special and different in the meat alternative space. So it's interesting, you said that there are different taste profiles and different preferences between the different countries. Is it such a difference between the UK and the US that it really warrants, that clearly it is, that it warrants building an entire US-based culinary center? What are some of the points where the US palate is, is considerably different from that in the UK? I think it's food and flavor trends. And then it's also working with US-based customers to develop bespoke products. So it's two different things that we really look at. So the first piece of it is, you know, we have a new product that we just launched. It's a pineapple chipotle dipper. It's a vegan product. It's delicious. We can send you some to try. That's a flavor profile that's really hot here that really isn't on the radar in the UK. So we're developing very special things for the US consumer. There's also a trend around kind of hot, fiery foods here. So you'll see some products that are are coming out from us. For example, we have a a chicken cutlet that is a a home style, but then also a kicking chicken cutlet that has Mm -hmm. real spice and a real kick to it. So we're doing things that are a little bit different here from a palate standpoint, and we can do that with U.S. flavor companies. We can do that with Stephen and his you know, staff of, of chefs. And then also we can get together with retailers and food service customers and talk about what trends they're seeing and really be first to market because we want to delight consumers with our food, especially in the meat-free category. So that's one piece of it. 
But also it's about speed. You know, it's about speed as well, too. You know, if we're, you know, if we're waiting for innovation to be created out of the UK and then brought here, it's slower. It's a much slower process. And we want to be more nimble. We want to really operate like a startup here in the US. That's an interesting point of view because this is an industry that is not new, and yet it's sort of been very, it's sort of been treated like a startup industry in the last couple of years. And now you're sort of creating a startup type atmosphere in the United States. How has that affected your business, this shift in perception of alt meats into something that is very, very cool? And all of a sudden, something that's been around a long time is getting sort of jet fueled growth and attention and everything. And, and some of that's great and some of that isn't so great. How does that affect corns, the way corn operates? Well, I think, so you, um, Lisa, you said something really funny. We are definitely the OG as far as, you know, mycoprotein and plant-based, mm-hmm. you know, foods. I mean, Lord Rank is the OG, you know, per se. You know, he really, in the late 1960s, recognized that there was going to be a food shortage at some point, there was going to be a protein shortage, and then we needed alternative sources of protein to feed the masses. And so we've been working on this since the 1960s. And, you know, we launched our first product in 1985. And it's become huge in the UK. So the the UK is far more developed, you know, from a penetration standpoint than the US. I mean, in the US, we've only got about 10% penetration, you know, for meat alternative products. So it's much smaller. We've really stepped back and treated it as, you know, we're starting day one, we need to build a brand, number one, people that people know and trust, but we also need to explain why mycoprotein is different and it's a better protein. And so it's a very basic message. So we've kind of slowed down and said, you know what, let's, let's tell consumers two things. Tell them number one, that the product is healthy for you, it's good for the planet, and that it tastes great because we find taste is the biggest barrier for consumers. So two things, we spend a lot of time educating on mycoprotein and we have a video mycoprotein 101 video that we did with Drew Barrymore that we can send over to you to take a look at. It's a really cool video that she helped us with to educate on mycoprotein and why that product is special and different. And I mean, you know, it's high in fiber, it's cholesterol free, it's low in saturated fat, but most importantly, mycoprotein delivers the taste and texture of chicken and it delivers it perfectly. And so, you know, you can enjoy this product and it's healthy for you and not have to trade off because it's good for the planet. So that's a really positive thing, you know, but also as well too, we've spent a lot of time telling consumers that our products are the best tasting. And so when you look at corn, one of the things that I'm most proud of is that we're the most awarded meat-free company in the market. So we've won best tasting nuggets from Food and Wine magazine. Cantar did a survey of 40,000 consumers and our chicken cutlets, our home style and our kick in one best meat alternative product. So we've got lots of awards that we won. We're just spending time telling consumers that our products are healthy and they're good for you and they taste great because it's a pretty basic message that we have to deliver. Oh, very much so. So when you are developing these products, I know that corn is a very highly regarded brand name itself. Are you doing any of this for any sort of private label manufacturing or or co-manufacturing operations? Or is this, here are new corn products and for your menu or your retail shelves? Currently, we're not, you know, doing private label, but we're open to it because we believe that the more that mycoprotein and fungi-based products have a chance to see the light of day, be on the shelf, consumers get to taste them, they'll recognize that it's a wonderful protein source and it is quite healthy and quite satisfying. 
So, you know, that's something that we're, we're absolutely open to the ingredients angle of this, you know, I think will become, you know, potentially a big business for a lot of the alternative protein providers that mm-hmm. are in the fungi space and, and corn as well too. So that's absolutely a route that we're looking at. So do you have production facilities in the States or once you've developed the recipes, is it produced elsewhere and then shipped here? So right now, all of our mycoprotein is fermented and created in the UK. Okay. And then some of that comes here in finished products and some of that mycoprotein intermediate comes here and then is breaded and boxed here. So it's a mixture overall, but we do not, we are not fermenting in the US currently, but as we grow our volumes and as the space continues to grow, you know, we expect to have the ability to actually produce mycoprotein here in the US. Oh, okay. Okay. So that part of it in terms of finishing your mid-stage product, you bring it over and then you have co-companies that you're working with in order to finish that off under the corn name. We do. Correct. Correct. Yes. Right. So some of our products are completely finished in the UK and then some of them are brought here and then we do, you know, breading and boxing here on some of them as well too. I see. So now you have a long career in food and beverage marketing, particularly in spirits, which I always have been fermenting for a long time, having worked in alcohol, beverage and worked in beer. I was going to say, Judd, you're leaving a lot of lines open there. So how does your experience, because it seems to me that marketing or, you know, ushering spirits from the conception to market is a very different path than an alternative meat product, but I could be wrong. How does your previous experience inform what you're doing with corn? It's actually really similar in a lot of ways. My career has been a lot about taking small brands and scaling Mm. them and building them into larger brands. And so it's a very similar path. You know, when you look at, you know, insurgent brands and you look at small brands and, and how they're built and how you build awareness and how you build trial with consumers and what are the key messages early on in a brand's life cycle, a lot of those are very similar. So I've taken a lot of the learnings, you know, from building, you know, very, very small spirits and beer brands and brought that over into building corn in the U.S. as well, too, because, you know, it's a brand in the U.S. that has low consumer awareness. And obviously, given the early stage of the plant-based meat market in the U.S., you know, there's, you know, very low penetration as well, too. So a lot of those lessons and a lot of those experiences are very similar overall. But what's interesting, and I think the, the common thread for me is having worked in alcohol beverage and worked on whiskey brands and different beer brands that I love, you know, I've been eating corn for three years and I love the product. I love the brand. I'm a consumer of the space. And so I have such a deep love for it. I can pour all of my passion, you know, and experience into it. And so for me, you know, if you love something, it's easy to build because, you know, you're invested in it and it's something that that you eat every day. And I do eat corn every day and I absolutely love the brand and I think it's wonderful. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because we're talking about what's been happening in the alternative meat market recently, and yet, you know, corn's historic arc goes way beyond what's been talked about in the last few years. So how do you, as in your position, as pretty unique position in in observing the industry, what do you make of this, you know, roller coaster ride that this part of the market has been on? What does it look like from your point of view? Well, first, I think everybody in the space needs to take a deep breath because, you know, the space is here to stay. Alternative proteins are here to stay. And there's no doubt in my mind that as consumers want healthy choices, as they want to reduce, you know, meat, you know, reduction, they care about the planet, you know, wanting great tasting protein and wanting to do the right thing for the planet are things that are never going to go out of style. 
So I'm confident, you know, that the category and that the space will be around for a long time. It's funny, we were talking about alcohol beverage, you know, in the spirits industry, you know, you see the gin category, the whiskey category and the single malt category, they get really hot, lots of players come in and not everybody makes it. So this is for me, this is the natural curve of how categories grow. And then players fall out, you even out a little bit, plateaus out, and then there are five or six left. And then those are able to grow and they're able to do it in a very thoughtful way with great products that the consumer loves. So I think we're on a similar trajectory. You know, right now we're in that moment where lots of players have come in and we're starting to see shakeout. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the companies that will make it are the ones that have the best tasting food and that have great financial backing. And, you know, why I'm really excited to be part of Corn is that we have our parent, Mondemisin, which is a Philippines-based company, the largest producer of noodles and crackers in the Philippines. You know, they own, they own a suite of consumer products companies, and we're one of those companies that they own. They're very well-funded, you know, have, you know, very little debt, they're cash-rich, and they're able to sustain and allow us, you know, to be able to kind of weather the storm, so to speak. Mm-hmm. and be one of the companies that's around for the long run. And again, we've been doing this since 1985, so I'm not worried that we're not going to be around. But you know, we're in a, a great position because you know we have the financial resources, we've got a wonderful parent that supports our business, and our products taste great. And we're in it for the long run. We've got a long run view, you know, so we're not, and we're not a public company, you know, so we can kind of make the right choices, you know, for the corn business for the long run. So I think it's just about patience and it's about putting good food in front of consumers. So they try it, they love it, and then they repeat. And it's a pretty basic message, but that's really what it's about. So you mentioned Mondo Nissan and about a year ago, they pledged to a big investment in the company and, and some of that to the U.S., about 300, a little over 300 million in U.S. dollars for growth in the U.S. And can you tell me a little bit about how that money has been invested so far? Yeah, I mean, really what we're doing in the U.S. is we're focusing on brand building. So one of the big things that we've done in November of 2021, we launched a partnership with Drew Barrymore. So we came together with Drew. We had some conversations. We realized that she eats corn and so do her daughters. And we spent about a half day talking to her. And it was really a match made in heaven because, you know, she cares about healthy eating. She cares about you know, alternative proteins. And she also cares about doing the right thing for the planet. You can see based on the companies that she's involved in. And so, you know, we've made a big investment in working with her to build the brand in the US. And in the last year, we've grown double digits in brand awareness. So that's Mm -hmm. where we've spent a lot of time and investment and money. And our relationship with Drew goes much deeper than just a few posts on Instagram. I mean, she's really involved in our business in the marketing in the innovation, in the strategic partnerships, in food service partnerships, you know, she really feels like, you know, an employee or an associate of our company. We talk to her on a very consistent basis and she's amazing from a creative standpoint, but she is a very smart businesswoman as well too. So, you know, we've spent a lot of time with her and she's really helping us build the business and she is dedicated to helping us build the business in the U.S. So that's where a lot of the time and effort and investment has gone. Over time, like we talked before, you know, as the volumes grow and as the business grows in the U.S., we will have the capability to build production facilities here in the U.S. So there will be additional investment in the future. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was a stroke of genius to have the corn kid on the Drew Barrymore show, trying corn products. This is a crazy story because that just speaks to what a wonderful partner she is and how quickly we move together. 
So mm. I was sitting here on a Saturday and I saw Tariq, who's the corn kid. Yes. And he is absolutely, you know, charming. wonderful. He is so charming. He is so sweet. And I texted Drew immediately and I said, oh my God, look at Tariq. This is crazy. Immediately, Drew went and called Tariq, got him booked on the show. And her writers came up with this amazing segment, you know, where he tried all these corn-based products. And then she introduced him to corn with a Q. Yeah. And it just kind of took off from there. And it was just a great segment. It was a lot of fun. We were a little nervous because he had not tried corn before that, our corn nuggets. Yeah. And we weren't sure if we were going to get the thumbs up or the thumbs down, but, you know, we're pretty confident in the food. And he, you know, he gave it a huge thumbs up and he absolutely said corn up. He loved it. In your opinion, well, I think you just answered that because you said that your partnership with Drew Barrymore so far has been the best U.S. investment for the brand in terms of return on investment as well. It has been. It has been. I mean, it's a process to grow brand awareness. You know, it's not something that that is done in six months or 12 months. I mean, I've, mm -hmm. you know, again, having, you know, built small brands into big brands my whole career, you know, it's a five to 10 year period where you have to, you know, lock in a program, lock in a message, lock in a platform like we've done with Drew Best Friends is, is our advertising campaign that we developed together. And you have to, you know, be very consistent with it. So we're going to continue to invest in that. We're going to continue to do more of the same. And we've got, you know, an amazing suite of assets with Mycoprotein 101, which is an animated video that, that we created with Drew and then our best friends ad campaign that launched last year with Drew as well, too. And we're going to continue to tell the consumer about the brand and continue to invest in that space because we have to do it over time while we at the same time sample consumers and allow them to try the food. So it's a mixture of kind of above the line and below the line activities to build this brand over the long run. What are your plans in the next, say, one to three years in the United States then? Well, more brand building, for sure. You know, we're going to continue to innovate. So, you know, this year we launched our, you know, our chicken cutlets, our home style and our, our kick and chicken cutlet sandwiches, and then our pineapple chipotle dippers. There will be two more innovations coming in the next 12 months that I will come back to you and talk to you about when I can Great. actually announce them, but they're really big. They're very differentiated and new for the category. And they're also uh, potentially partnership-based, which will do a lot to put us on the map from an awareness standpoint in an even bigger way you know, than we are currently. So we, we can talk more about those later. I can't announce those yet, but really exciting innovations. And we're, you know, we're going to continue with the basics as well, too. We're going to continue with you know, the things that aren't sexy, like sampling consumers and making sure that they can taste mm -hmm. the product, you know, working through influencers so they can get the word out on a local basis in addition to what Drew is doing on a national basis. So it's kind of the blocking and tackling, so to speak, that we're going to continue to do in the business and what, where we're going to really invest the money from a marketing standpoint. Well, those were my questions. And were there any questions that you had for me? I think one of the things I would say to you, you know, as we close is that I'm really excited for the, you know, the Fungi Trade Association. You yes. know, that we've developed and that we've you know really helped launch with a number of other you know fungi based you know protein companies in the space because for me competition is fine but it's an important time for us to all come together and support each other you know even non fungi based products you know we all need to come together and meet alternative and support each other because if we all do well the category will do well yeah and so you know there isn't a category with just one brand. I mean, everyone has to do well. You know, we've got to create, you know, awareness. We've got to make people understand, you know, how fungi and mycoprotein is different. We need to make sure they understand that it is good for you. It's healthy, but it's also a clean protein. Right? How because do you mean been, clean? 
Clean is in that it's a natural fermentation process. Okay. You know, we separate the liquid and we have basically a bread dough left after, you know, left over after we, you know, go through the fermentation process. And all we do is cook it and freeze it and, you know, season it with natural flavors. And that is it. And so we're really, it's a very, we don't have to do much. I mean, mycoprotein is, you know, it's a protein that is almost kind of a blank canvas. So that's an important message. And I think the Fungi Trade Association will help us educate consumers on that so they can feel really good about, you know, bringing these products into their home for their families. Personally, I think corn is delicious, and I look forward to the development of the mycoprotein market across the U.S. Our thanks to Judd for sharing his thoughts with us today. You can read more on the future of the alt proteins industry on our website at alt-meat.net. Registration is free. You can also go there to subscribe to our newsletter and print magazine dedicated to the business of alternative meats. Remember to tune in on Mondays to get the inside track on the people and the processes that drive the protein industry. Be sure to subscribe to Meeting Pot on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Meeting Place and Alt Meat magazines on social media, and be sure to visit our websites at meetingplace.com and altmeat.net. Music